C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood. Welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. And I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergi. And today we are joined by a most esteemed guest. Wow. Very esteemed. Jesse Jollis. Hello. Happy to be here. And we're super excited to dig into her very funny videos on Betches about millennial culture. Um, which is what inspired me to invite her to be on this pod, as well as your new podcast. Thank you. No Such Thing as Love with former guest of the pod, Claire Burns, who we love. Fun. Um, And that was a still ongoing production that you guys do monthly, right? Yes. Well, we had a monthly live show we did in New York, and then now we've turned it into a weekly. Which I went to the Valentine's Day (gasps) one. It was very fun. Thank you so much. And now we've turned it into a weekly podcast. We're sort of taking a break over the summer. So great. A live show is a lot more work. I know. And then you don't have to be sweating in the summer. I am sweating so much and will continue to be sweating. Great. We're, we're embracing it. <laughs> yeah. I love I love Fine. a good sport. Go with it. Um, yeah. So before we get into our segments, mm-hmm. um, so people can kind of place you on the millennial spectrum, Great. Um, if you could say how old you are, where you grew up, and what you're doing now in New York. Great. I am 30 years young. Uh-huh. Right in between Shay and I. It's true. I love to straddle <laughs> the line. Uh, I grew up in Great Falls, Virginia, so I consider myself a Southern Belle. Although it is Northern mm. Virginia, but just sort of like my demeanor. Like the DMV area? In, by D.C.? Yeah. Yep. But also love a DMV. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And then what was the third part? I'm going to be delirious what you're doing now. with the heat. That's okay. okay. <laughs> what I'm doing now. I'm a writer comedian, um, and I freelance at Betches, and I help uh, make videos. And that's and... where you know Sweet Sweet Mike Coscarelli. Yes, of course. Yeah. We love God. Mike. We love. I love Mike. He's but the best. I, I'm just amazed by we didn't know this person at all two years ago, and then I'm like, how does Mike Coscarelli now know every single human being I've ever met? You it's know, a little bit crazy. He's like a silent, a silent bee. You yeah. know, he'll he's just like in the room, and then like he always helps. I feel like so he's very lovable. Yeah, yeah, he's very helpful. Yeah, we are big fans of Mike here. He's great. Well, that's awesome. Excellent. Well, to go into the segments, Shay, do you have a toasty campfire hot topic for us? I do, or maybe a cooling campfire yes. lemonade is what we need. I love that. I would love that. Does anyone have an, an ice, ice bucket? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I had a really serious topic, but I think given the heat, I'm going to go with something a little bit lighter in nature. And uh, all I've seen all over the internet today is... Gossip Girl remake coming out in 2020. People are real excited for it. Um, And the only reason I mentioned, I mean, I liked Gossip Girl. I didn't watch the last two seasons, maybe the last three seasons because it got pretty dumb at the end. (laughs) But I liked it at the beginning. Um, And the reason I bring it up, though, is because I was looking at the picture of, like, Blake Lively and Leighton Meester, or however you say her name. And I was like, oh, my God, they were such babies, especially Blake Lively. I was like, you look like... A small small child and now you're like this 
very hot woman married to Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's who she's married to. And I just I just couldn't believe how young they looked, especially now looking back, being very old and mature and wise at the themes and topics and plot points discussed yeah. in All Gossip the drugs. Girl. I'm like, I I just can't, you know, it's a little bit crazy. So, yeah. Were you a Gossip Girl person or not so much? I was. This is the thing. I straddle a line of like, now I'm very protective of the youth and I don't Mm -hmm. know why. So Gossip Girl angers me for many reasons. Reason number one, can we come up with new shows? I just don't understand. And it's not even, it's not with the original cast. It's like new children. Of course not. It's just like, we're going to plug in a formula we think will work like, and we think people will watch because we're too afraid to make any sort of decision and take chances, which I really hate. And then do I think it's healthy? This completely, you know, faux world where I remember watching and being like, I'll never have clothes like that. I certainly don't look like that. I'm not even, I don't even know a party that would be <laughs> like, I can't, I would. Also, they all went to NYU and I went to NYU. It was, ju- it was just it was, like that. It was just like <laughs> that. Yeah. Well, you know what I think but is it's really... very it's fanciful. Very fanciful. But what's so crazy about it is, like, I'm getting a little bit older. So when I was watching it, I wasn't at any kind of impressionable age. And I watched it in the way I would have watched, like, Days of Our Lives or whatever. Yeah. And then I very moved soapy. to New York. Like, I fully was aware of, like, the fanciful nature. And I had some nannying gigs my first couple years in New York with some very 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 rich families and I was like oh shit there's a very small subset of people that are actually the gossip girl life and I when you then saw it translated into reality with these like young teens it was horrifying (laughs) like just absolutely absolutely disgusting um so I I have very like yeah. It was a very weird thing to see something that you thought was totally fake. And I'm like, oh, apparently, apparently this kind of does happen for a very, very small subset of people. So it's true. I just feel like all those people now voted for Trump, too. So it's oh, like, I don't need to watch them. Yeah. You know, well, maybe it'll be interesting to see if the reboot, they like make it more like with the times, you know, or if it's just going to be like, <sighs> yeah, political. I... We shall see. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's going to be like Serena's cousin. Like that's going to yeah, piss like me off. Yeah, like an adjacent off. You know what I mean? Thing. Like it's like the same families, but they're like, she's the stepsister or like something dumb. I'll hate it all. I'm not watching <laughs> it. What channel will it be on? It's on HBO. I'm not watching think, it. <laughs> yeah. And it's on the like new special HBO streaming service. So you have to pay oh, extra. Yeah. Hell no. No. I have been watching, speaking of teen shows, not to go on too much of a tangent, but I started watching Euphoria. Okay. Have you guys heard of this one? Yeah, I'm livid. You're livid? I rant about it constantly. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, give us a little taste. I just think it's, first of all... There's a lot. Do you know what it is, Shay? Maybe we should preface. I mean, is the one about the girl that, like, got out of rehab? Yes. So it's Zendaya. Jessie's getting ready. She's, like, doing some stretching. I know. Yeah, Zendaya's cute, but it's, yeah, it's about a girl that gets out of rehab, and it's, like... It kind of reminds me of Skins in a way. It's like very raunchy, like teen drama. But it's kind of funny in parts. And Mick Steamy plays like a very, very bad guy. Everyone's bad. Yeah. Everyone's bad and sex is everything. Yeah. Um, And there's a micro penis storyline that was very disturbing. I don't even know. I'm not even. Oh, you mean the guy who's on the camera? Yeah. 
this is the problem. Okay. <laughs> There's so many problems. These kids are in high school. First of all, we have to realize our narrator is a girl who is in high school who's been in rehab, almost overdosed, and died. Great. That's... We know that. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is her mother, who seems concerned, yeah. also, like, lets her go out and doesn't ask where she's right. going. And when she comes back at 5 a.m., is like, I deserve to know. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not doing drugs. Peace. And I'm just like, no. In what world? Yeah. And then in what world are all of these kids... You know what I think? And this is going to be a hot take, and I know I'll regret it, and that's okay. I actually don't think there should be sex with any character that's under 18, because I do think it is child mm. pornography. And I think it, like, sort of, sort of... Well, the, the like, first episode, spoiler alert, spoiler. just like it, if anyone hasn't spoiler, seen spoiler. it. Sorry, Shay, if you were going to watch it, but that's the... Okay. the girl, the, don't. Watching it. The, um... <laughs> The, I can't remember any of their names. The the Cat? they're in the hotel room, oh. and the McSteamy guy is like fully having sex with a seventeen yeah. year old, uh, right? And they McSteamy show it very who is like fifty in real yes. life, yes, yeah. like McSteamy, like true whatever, yes, Eric Dane or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they show it in graphic detail, right? So the thing is, it is child pornography, and I just think that's what's so wrong about it. And everything doesn't make sense in this universe because the principal's talking about a sex tape that came out that's child pornography, that, like, that's not the number one thing, and the fact there aren't cops in there with him, I'm like, that's, it's illegal. Yeah. That's number one. There's a lot of plot holes. A lot of plot holes. And I personally, they talk about rape a lot, they talk about, which, like, is false accusations, which is terrible, triggering, the violence triggering. I'm like, this is just a really bad... Uh, normali- normalization of what could be young youth life. And I also think that we're all forgetting, not me, that it's written by a white man. Mm, I didn't and, even know that part. And I think that's well, the sickest part, is that this man yeah. is writing about all this young girl sex, and I just find it disgusting. Yeah. And it's so interesting, I think you make a great point, Jesse, that, like, why are we okay with all of that being shown and then um netflix just they did finally remove um in 13 reasons why oh, yeah. they had this like very graphic suicide and they removed it but it's like okay so that as i mean and it should have been removed yeah. do you it's think already that? been out for two years like do so many have, people have already seen it i think that i think that it was hot hot enough i i think the audience was young enough that yes it should have it's i but along the same lines that um you kind of think that there you shouldn't be showing that kind of sex if you're under 18. I think that kind of violence for I mean, and I also I think what they should have done. I watched it. I think what they should have done is their due diligence beforehand. I think now that it's been out for two years, it sets a bad precedent to go back and remove stuff based on audience feedback because that could have a very bad connotation for other things. But I did think it was very graphic, and I guess Netflix has done studies with this doctor that it did like that specific show yeah did lead to more teen suicides i don't know how they're able to like control for that but that i think that i that's bad i guess the reason i thought that was okay like that show had rape and had uh, a suicide the reason i was okay with both of that is they weren't glamorized so mm-hmm. i think it, that was what netflix said they're like well yeah you didn't glamorize it on purpose right so it's it's shocking and, because it feels 
feels uh, very scary real. Yeah. And 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 not attractive. Whereas Euphoria definitely glamorizes. Exactly. So that is where I think the prop like the rape scene in 13 Reasons Why, I was like that's yeah. powerful like you know, I remember growing up and like the problem is like we sexualize rape. And in that show they it was all like teen not that it makes it that much better, but like right. it was all teen on teen. It wasn't like a fifty year old with a seventeen year old as like right. a storyline too. It was like very kid centric. But to Shay's point, it's like the show was marketed to a very young audience. True. But you know, I that show it also, oh, sorry, it, it does have the general, like, Euphoria has this too, like, it has the general, like, warning at the beginning, I think 13 Reasons Why has yeah. that as well. I don't know, I think they, if, if Netflix, I think they should have done their due diligence before and maybe had a writer's room that had more perspectives and things like that to make it sensitive to the audience or make it a more holistic story, whatever the case may be, but since it's been out for two years, right. the scene's all over the internet. It's already on its third season, so they clearly, it's clearly a very popular show. I don't know. It just, like, sets a bad precedent for yeah. censorship, I think, but. Yeah, I mean, I just think, I think this, again, not to take my, like, let's do a light topic about gossip. Take it to, like, the problems with the media today. But I do think what's, what's so interesting, I mean, about all of everyone having access to everything on all of these streaming sites mm-hmm. and on the internet at large is, you know, there are many things that I feel like coming into the inter- internet age at an older age myself, like, yeah, I can consume these things as an adult. And I don't at this point have to think about the effect of having all of that available on, you know, if I were a parent of a teenager or if I were a teenager, you know, I didn't have, any of that growing up and I think what's that's again so something that's so interesting if we look at you know our age span from Maddie at 25 to me at 35 and Jesse you in the middle we've we experience media like this explosion of media at different ages and um again like yeah like I can love Gossip Girl or I can like watch Euphoria and like look at it with a critical eye or I can make a choice to not watch 13 Reasons Why because I don't I'm not okay with that subject matter but young people who aren't coming at it with that maturity because it's just there in their faces all the time don't get to make those choices and I think that's interesting yeah I agree I think that's a good point thank you all right. Well, moving on, Maddie. Yes. Well, mine mine is kind of silly, but it's an article oh, in Vanity Fair. I'm gonna pull it up because so I can I can reference it. I should have done this beforehand. So don't mind me. But it was this. That's fun. You still buy magazines. I know. Well, I got the subscription for Christmas from my oh. grandma, so it's very fun. Yeah. You know, it's like a luxury. It comes in the it mail. Really is. Oh, that one was interesting too, but. Okay, so there's this article in the most recent Vanity Fair that talks about, it's called Unreasonable Doubt, Social Media Loves a Good Spat, The Weapon of Choice, Receipts. Mm. And I read that headline and I was like, I don't know what this article is going to be about. And I thought it was very pertinent to Millennial because it breaks down receipt culture and all the way from... I don't even know what that means. Yes. What is receipt? Sorry, like, I'm trying to get into that. I'm like, what? Is <laughs> no, it's like when someone, when so, it could go all the way from asking for Obama's birth certificate or Trump's oh. tax returns all the way down to like, 
you screenshotted a conversation that your boyfriend said something crazy and you want to tell your girlfriends and you're like, look at this. Like, I'm not making it up. It's like showing proof. And they talk about like the James Charles Teddy Mm. drama, which was like very dumb and overblown, but in like the beauty (laughs) blogger world. And a big part of that story was them showing screenshots of DMs back and forth. Um, And so it talks about how this is like a very millennial phenomenon because everyone has this technology and you have every text message you've ever sent at your fingertips and what does that mean for privacy? And then also now that we're moving into the age where, you know, even like this face app stuff, like you can alter images and alter video very easily. So it's like, what's going to happen when you can make a very credible looking video of someone saying something that they never said? Right. And they've actually done this. Someone did this with Joe Rogan because he has just like so many hours of content. They were able to like piece together a podcast worth of stuff that he never said just based on snippets of his voice from all the podcasts that he has done and it sounded very credible so i just thought that was very interesting so it it started out kind of like light and whimsical being like these are the receipts and it's like very funny but it's like actually this is permeating our politics and our culture in a way that's very interesting so interesting are we saying so we're just talking we're talking about how we feel about the receipts about like receipt culture receipt culture so like all the things that you've ever done there being like a trail on the internet that someone could be like oh, these are true. all the things this is like the dirt mag on Jesse did you i learned that the hard way the first time when somebody when i i was having like a difficult business conversation and then somebody called me mm. Mm. and i didn't realize until later why they did Oh, because they didn't want a record? Yeah, because that that whole conversation, I couldn't, like, uh, it it all all of a sudden disappeared. And so uh, I've learned, you know, the hard way, I guess, like, if it's anything that's business or getting mucky, it's Mm -hmm. like, get it in writing. Yeah. (laughs) I don't love that, though. No, I don't love it either, because I think there's so much clearly benefit you can get out of conversations but what's so interesting is this is something that I tell women that I've mentored for years and my career coaching clients is I'm like okay so you talk you have a conversation with your boss even if it's just about not something big not like a raise or you know something that went wrong even just if you're saying like hey you need to order the champagne for the party on Tuesday if they say that to you like scream it across the office you then get on your computer and you'd be like just confirming you said to order the champagne for the party on Tuesday thanks um and I think it, you know it's just it's again if you have it in writing it protects you but also I think what the article Maddie pointed out is saying is that it um you know there's this kind of can expose things you. can be altered in a way that's very negative yeah what well, can be manipulated and even as we've seen and this is where it gets like very dark and nihilistic and I feel like a lot of millennials feel this way it's like you're worried that what if the receipts do come out and it doesn't mean anything like what if we see Trump's tax returns and nothing happens like nothing that makes people feel very hopeless that's true that's true I mean, I think that, yeah, what's happening in the government makes everyone feel hopeless because mm-hmm. it does feel like no one's doing anything about a bunch of things we know aren't right. 
Yeah. yeah. Which is exciting to yeah. live in this time. <laughs> what a time to be alive, as Maddie yeah. says. We love it. We just keep on oh, podcasting. That's good. It's happening. Yeah. It's great. Well, yeah, so I'll post that article so people can, can read it. Um, Jesse, do you have a hot topic or something that you want to discuss? A hot topic. Well, I actually was going to talk about euphoria, but oh, great. Um, something else I want to discuss. <laughs> we can if you don't, we jump can right jump into yeah. the interview. We can jump right in. Or, yeah, I don't have a good one. That's totally fine. No worries. Um, all right. Well, we will start peppering you with questions then. So um, I'm interested in your podcasting kind of mm. duo I don't know what you guys call each other yeah. with Claire you're like comedy, comedy duo partner, partner. Yeah. um so how did that start with the live show and if oh. you could tell people kind of what it's about and then yes it's obviously now a podcast that people can thank listen to. you so much yes it's called no such thing as love so Claire and I uh met a while back and I think we just both were talking about dating and just how much we hate it and it's hell <laughs> Um, and I actually had gone to therapy and I complained to my therapist, Dr. Pamela, (laughs) I was like, I really feel like dating is a waste of my time. Like I have trouble even making it a priority because like if I go and I waste two hours, I'm pissed because I could have been doing a podcast in a room where I'm sweating my weight <laughs> away, which is great. This is a sauna, and I feel good about it. Do I? It's just like I can't believe no, how much. Great. I'm, thank you so much for saying that. Say, you look very like fresh and dewy. Fresh to me and on dewy. Videos, yeah. So it's a dewy. I think you can almost. That. They'll be able to hear it, which I'm excited about. But uh, so then my therapist was like, "What if it's not a waste of your time?" And I said, "What if it's not?" So Claire and I were like, "What if we did a show where every month we had to talk about like current." dating like where we are so it like made us that we had to date and when we went on dates like it wasn't a waste of our time because we needed material for the show and then whatever the show's theme was whether we went on live blind dates on the show or we brought in um dating coaches I know you guys had Lily Womble who we love and had on our show and the podcast actually um and she's the best but like we brought on all different coaches and it was like how can we make this show something that's like beneficial for us mostly first and foremost and then could be beneficial for others and also will like push us to make dating uh something that is more fun and can be fodder for our art yeah. so how has it kind of gone over time like have has it kind of ebbed and flowed where like one of you was in a relationship and the other one wasn't or has it kind of been like a You've both been single the whole time. And that's what's really fun. We were like, what will happen when inevitably <laughs> we fall in love and someone's like, you must get off the market and please don't talk about it. But we've been so, so fortunate. <laughs> and both of us have not been in relationships. Like, we've dated people for, like, maybe... No one's been exclusive. Yeah. So, like, if something's going well, we're, we've still been, like, dating or doing other... There's never been... Which is... You know, we're still like, what will happen? But also, I guess, not as nervous <laughs> because we did last two years. Um, so, yeah, it hasn't stopped or anything like that <laughs> because of a relationship. Has there been, like, a particular, um, like, live show or something that sticks out in your mind as being, like, particularly memorable that you just loved? Um, let's see. There's been so many fun ones. Um 
I mean, the ones where I go on live blind dates obviously stick out because before the show, it's like the amount of vomit I want to puke is it's just like I'm so stressed about that. Do the dates know they're going to be on a show or is that a yes. surprise? Yes. Okay. No, <laughs> we could never, which sometimes made it that they were performers, which isn't ideal, but obviously that makes sense yeah. because they're agreed to be on a live right. show. Um, I also like putting Claire in uncomfortable situations. <laughs> so I did like setting her up or she did like the dating game for her birthday. We normally do like a big blowout. And, uh, so we had like three got three bachelors come on for both of us, which was really fun. Um, we had like a body language coach, which mm. I loved cause I have bad body language. <laughs> if anyone's wondering, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, every show I've really loved, and I think one reason I loved the live shows is we would really lean into theme, which made it really fun and exciting. And for the podcast, I think we're trying to lean into either um, bringing on friends and leaning into their love life, bringing on, like, experts to help, and doing live blind dates and just, like, bitch sessions where we talk about dates. Yeah. That's like the funniest bits to me. Like yes, the openings. those are, are very fun. fun. Thank you. <laughs> what kind of made you want to transition from doing the live shows to the podcast? Um, I mean, I love live shows. If you told me that someone else would do the hard part <laughs> and uh, there would be like a bunch of people, I would do it weekly if someone right. else took care of all the logistics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we both just got... Because we did make it a different show every month. Right. It's really hard to It's really produce. hard. Claire's very artistic. I don't know if you know that. And she's huge into visuals. So she mm-hmm. would make, like, posters. Oh, yeah, the PowerPoints and everything. PowerPoints. Very... She'd make, like, signs and things for us to wear and do. We bought a lot of costumes. Like, we, we put so much into it that sometimes it was like, wow. <laughs> Should we can never do it again, right. like until next year, maybe. So, um, the podcast just gives us a lot of freedom to not even brush our hair yeah. and mm-hmm. get to it's really, awesome. yeah, get to gossip or or bring in people and talk to them. Um, so it's a lot freer, and we can obviously do it more often. But I don't think we'll necessarily stop doing live shows. But yeah, for the summer, we were just like. How could we? It's too sweaty. It's too sweaty. I don't thrive. <laughs> I I just sweat. We're melting. Um, do you feel like it seems like the live shows, you bring in a lot of experts and mm-hmm. there's like a, person, a personal growth element there. Do you think because it seems like you were mining your dates for material that it took you out of the moment, like when you're dating, or you think it's easy to keep it very separate? This is the thing that I... Cause uh, I forget which day is a hinge hinge. They can see my Instagram and my Instagram uh. is like <laughs> all my tweets are about date. Like it's right. just very much a single woman. Do and people ask you like when you go on dates, like, Oh, you have a show called no such thing as love. What are you doing on a date? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Or they'll be like, how do I know I'm not going to become material? And what I always say is like, you do not, if you're a great person, you're not going to become material. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't want like, at this point, a boring I normal yeah, person. I don't fine. need more material. I've got, years worth like I'm good I'd love like 
someone, I mean, and sometimes someone doesn't get into the show until, like, it's been two months and things are going downhill, and I'm like, well, now's the time to expose him. Um, <laughs> but, like, when things are going well, like, I won't say anything bad or anything like that. But I do think my comedy is very much open. Yeah. I'm pretty sure whoever I do end up with at some point will have to be okay with that. Right. I normally mm. make myself... And Claire and I both, like, made a pledge that we will be the butt of every joke. Like, when we go on blind dates, it's like, we're never going to put them... It's always about... I mean, the reason we're single is because of us. Like, I'm definitely (laughs) the problem, and I know that. So, I'm never looking to blame. Um, It's more just what lesson did I learn with that person that I didn't know. And do you feel, now that you've been doing this for two years... Yeah. Like... So first of all, do you feel like you've accomplished your goal of having a purpose to your dating? And B, do you feel hopeful or not hopeful about your future dating life? Yeah, I mean, not only do I do the live show and, uh, you know, the podcast with Claire, I wrote a dating show for Just for Laughs that mm. was all about dating. Oh, cool. um, for Betches, like I do... I have tons of material about dating. I, like, I've said I have enough material on dating. I'd like relationship material at this point. I'm ready. I'm sure I'll love shit-talking that, too. (laughs) But, um, I don't, the shows help me, yeah, make it, uh, have a purpose and, um, you know, anything I do in my life, I think I'm realizing is worth it to me because it becomes material or it's something that I can share with people and work through. I mean, even therapy, it's like, I like to talk about it because I don't like to keep anything really a secret or I just feel like, especially with receipt culture, I'm like, it's coming out. I might as well be the one. Um, You better control the narrative. Yeah. I'll have a spin on it. Thank you. But yeah, I feel still hopeful for love. Like I feel like every date, you know, (laughs) there's, it's you rare to keep cl- doing it if you really thought there right. was no. It's worth prospects. it when you get someone who's great. Oh, there's a small child that has entered the room. Good. I guess that that could be a a good a good segue. Do you see yourself like having kids and settling down, or are you more of just like a relationship person? Uh, wait. What do you mean, having kids and settling down, or a relationship person? Like, are you li- like just having a relationship, or are you also looking to like have kids and a family? Oh, and, like, yeah. All stuff? I definitely want to have kids. I think that's the best material I'll ever have. Mm-hmm. I love kids, and I love uh, I love moms. I really do. I like have always felt like a mom to my friends. Just in mom life. energy. Yeah, I was yeah. a nanny very young. Nannied when I was here as well. Are you like the mom of the friend group? Always like, got office the, mom. The drunkies. Award. Yes, yeah. always. We were talking about that because I went to Montauk this past weekend with oh, some wow. gal pals. God bless you, Maddie. And Shay and I were talking before I went and there was, you know, some, some sloppy sallies in the group, sure. you know. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I won't have to take care of them this time. No, sloppy oh, sallies came out of yeah, course, no. but it was okay. But it's so great to work out for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I totally understand being yeah. the mom of the group. Um, that's very cool. So do you have any more questions, Shay, about the, the podcast and the live show and stuff before we talk about Betches? No, I'm interested to move on to Betches because I definitely went down a Betches rabbit yes. hole as I was waiting to start. Yeah. Did you... it's, it's just such an interesting media outlet. So I'm ready to cool. talk about it. Did you make those little avocado flags yourself? 
in the video. No, I'm not very good. It's very I interesting. Those are funny. They're great. It's funny what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Uh, and like art is not. Uh, who was that? I think Danny, the girl who produced it. Um, she she was great. She did all the visuals, and then she was like, "I made these flags," and it was like, "How fun is this? Yeah. A flag?" So maybe if we want to explain the video, it's like, "Oh yeah, millennial millennials in the wild." In the wild, yes. So I'm hoping <laughs> it becomes a series too. Um, I think everybody liked it, but we essentially for the first episode we took uh, a girl in our office and we went to Central Park and we gave her a real map and took away her phone and wanted to see if she could use a real map. Which she did great. <laughs> she did great. But I think there are things, you know, that we forget. Like, I... Yeah. Like, I, the next one we want to do, I think, is driving. Because mm. to me... Like, without a phone. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stress there. And, yeah. like, I remember printing out... MapQuest. Yeah. And mm. it was like, that was your lifeline. That was your lifeline. Like, if you lost it, you had to, like ask someone at a gas station like you just that was your lifeline you had to have it and you had to sort of navigate the road and look at it not too much like it was just I think that there are like a lot of things that um the phone has taken uh the weight off of having to do but also I think learning those skills are important for when your phone doesn't work or like when I went to Canada and I couldn't turn on my phone and it was like okay wait What's a map? You know? Yeah. 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 Do you see, like, younger sort of Gen Z people at Betches? Do you see a difference between yourself as a millennial and then... Because I always feel like sometimes, and we've talked about this on the pod, like, material that's geared towards millennial stuff Mm -hmm. is really just geared more towards the young people of today, some Mm -hmm. of whom are not millennials. They're, like, the next youngin' group. Yeah. So... Do you think just because millennial is like people know the stereotypes and it's been in the media so much that that's like an easy way to market things? Or do you think that there's things that are like truly millennial, like when you're writing the sketches or writing the videos and stuff like that? Yeah, I think, well, millennial is such a a great word and term like, at this very point. very zeitgeist. Yeah, like Gen Z in the wild when I don't like that, the ring of that, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and I think, like, it's really very difficult to put anybody in any sort of group. Like, I think I think age is something, for the most part, you project your own age on other people. I mean, at the office, I definitely know I'm one of the oldest. But I love young energy, and I love... Um, I don't ne- I never know which generation they're in. I just like know, oh, she's great and fun yeah. to work with and easygoing uh, and she is on her phone more often. But I mean, she a lot of people have to do their work on the right. phone. Like so mm-hmm. that's it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's real it's true, but I think uh yeah, I I think millennial is just, for me, obviously rings more true because that's, uh, you know, where I'm classified. And then uh, Gen Z, I guess they're so young. I I don't, I I normally just make videos for a younger version of me. Right. Like what I wish was out there. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Are there any other video projects that you're looking to work on that maybe aren't focused on millennials? Like what's next? 
coming down the pipe. Coming down the pipe. Um, I'm excited about the mom series, uh, Mom Influencer. Influencer oh. Mom on Betches. Oh my gosh, there's an article in this magazine about mom influencers as well. <laughs> oh, so is that funny. the one about the in Australia? In Australia, yeah. I oh. have many opinions on that article, which oh. we can talk about at a later time. Yes. But. What is it? It's like it's about moms that live in Byron Bay, which yeah. is like this kind of crunchy, hippie, like granola mm-hmm. town, and they're all like stay at home moms. Mm. And I guess there's just like a bunch of like mom influencers totally. with their kids that live there. And so it's talking about like how do you live this like very organic, right. authentic life, but then you're like projecting this utopia on the world kind of thing is what they're talking about. Yeah, and this character is more mom, like, our moms. So, like, Mm. in the first video, her eye is in front of it for a majority where she can't figure out how to turn it off. Like, it's more our moms who are not influencers and don't understand Instagram. That's what I think is funnier. Yeah. Because I think the moms that are influencers, I see enough of. Right. Like, I don't need to see more. Like the goop, Gwyneth Paltrow thing. You know, and I love moms, so I always want to be a... A relief for moms. Yeah. I don't love when it's more preachy and this is how to do it correctly because I think it's shaming people yeah. in a way. So I normally, well, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I just think that was what was so interesting about that article about the Byron Bay mom mm. is the woman who wrote it. She very much. I don't know if you've read it yet, Maggie or Matt. Oh, Maddie. I really cannot speak I have. English today. I, <laughs> I've only known you for like ten years. I can't say your name apparently. Um, I was having a meeting earlier today and I was just saying things and the girl looked at me and she's like, Mercury is clearly in retrograde. And I was like, (laughs) I read a thing Um, that all the planets are in retrograde and I was like, whoa, perfect. I don't even know what that means, but yeah, they're all just Um, backwards. (laughs) (laughs) But what I didn't like about that article is you could tell that she really wanted to like be really negative about these moms, but that they were also just like nice people. And most of them were entrepreneurs and I'm like right like they had legit businesses that were yeah. not based in their yeah like shops like they had a shop like or a farm or yeah or whatever. it definitely was very and they judgy used Instagram as a tool and it was like cracking me up because the one the one that she mainly focused on is super influencer but a lot of like the secondary ones she'd be like you know, Mary has 8,000 Instagram followers. And I'm like, yeah, I know high schoolers that have 8,000 Instagram followers. Like this isn't exactly. It's also like some of those women in the article, they, the reason why they were successful is because they got on Instagram, like before it was popular, they got in on like in like 2011 before it like blew up. So obviously when there's only so many people on Instagram, you're going to have a lot of followers and then it grows from there, Yeah, which I find that fascinating. I just find that when you, when a lot of these articles, and I think a lot of the influencer culture is very negative and it's not necessarily a great thing, but when you, I feel like a lot of times when influences are being spoken about negatively in the media, it tends to be women that are being spoken about negatively, particularly women who tend to be entrepreneurs or women who tend to be outspoken. And like, cause I haven't quite figured out my whole thought on this but it seems very misogynistic to me and very yeah you don't really like hear about male influencers yeah exactly like you never hear about like oh my god this man influencer like man flutzer i don't know yeah. we need like a word Flutzer. for it influencer. yeah so anyway again not to derail but yeah do yeah. you have any feelings on influencer culture i know you probably at betches have people coming through <laughs> betches is influencer cult i mean it's yeah so good 
Uh, I mean, I think that, you know, it's, uh, my issue sometimes with it is that, um, it's highly competitive, but it's highly critical. Um, and, you know, I try to make sure that myself, I'm following accounts that make me happy and make Mm -hmm. me laugh. Um, and I think... I love when uh, female influencers are posting about things they're doing and accomplish, accomplishes, accomplish, I'm going to pass out, <laughs> accomplishments they've, they've like made as opposed to like their body. I think mm-hmm. if it's more body focused. Yeah. And or just um, the aesthetics. Yeah. I don't, that's not positive for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's not something I like. And I, I also don't value it. So. Uh, you know, I love to funny uh, follow funny women. I love to follow, um, like, Iway is an account I love, which is just very body positive. Um, people I think are smarter than me. I mean, just I love to, to follow things like that. Um, and I think what I worry is that the influencer culture where it is body focused and image focused and, you know, models have come forward saying how much retouching and things, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look that way. So right. mm-hmm. I, I just hope it's not making people feel, you know, alone or yeah. have sick thoughts that are going to be harmful right. to themselves. Um, and I think if they are, just remember that you don't have to follow those accounts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, Maddie. Did I interrupt? Nope. Oh. So anyway, back to Betches, I was just thinking, I realize probably most of our listeners or our older or younger listeners aren't familiar with the site. Can you, Jesse, kind of just give a little blurb on what it is and what you, I mean, we know you make videos for them, but yeah. a little bit more about what you guys do. Yeah, I mean, so they're a website and they're an Instagram account, and they got recognition from their memes, uh, the three girls that started it uh, when they were in college at Cornell. And um, they wrote, they've written books, and so they sort of just created this brand. And talk about, like, female empowerment. Yeah. I mean, these three women built a company uh, which is crazy uh, and amazing. And I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of people I don't think would know how to to do what they're doing and turn sort of like a fun hobby into an actual profitable business. Right. Um, and the office is great. I mean, it is mostly women, you know, excluding know. Mike. Like, I mean, there's just like three guys, four guys and like an all-female office, which I is love- amazing. There was a video that you guys did and it was like, Mike was in it and it was like I can't remember what it was but it was like ask like stuff that you would ask your boyfriend or like like about reality TV and they like asked them questions and it was so funny yeah it was just like random like stuff about betches and then it was like you know like ask your boyfriend what you know like a flat tummy tea is like what do you think that does and they like have no idea yeah it was like very funny so sometimes betches does stuff like that yeah too which I like so the guys that work there must have a good attitude about that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Working I think, for a female lifestyle brand. Right. I mean, free avocados in the office. So oh, wow. it's like True there are a lot of pluses, you know? Gotta love it. Avocados are not cheap. No. I remember when I first started working there, I was like, this can't be. I have like free Cheez-Its, which I love. I know. And like... Maddie I- has like the most snacks at her office I mean, I work for a meal kit company. Life. So a what? A meal kit company. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you it's get very food, millennial. You get a ton of food. Mm-hmm. Meal kits. Yeah. Wow. Does that, like, you cook at home? What yeah. is it? Oh, but they give it to you there, too? Yeah. Damn. Do well, they and make they it just for have you? a no. whole... Mm. We have, like, a they snack have a wall. a whole wall of snacks. 
but not avocados. Wow. That's really great, though. I know, because I worked at another company before that where they had a ton of, like, I would consider bad snacks, and I legit... (laughs) This is me for you. I always say I'm either... Like, I'm either spiraling with, like, money or weight. That's, like, if I'm, like, oh, I don't want to spend money, it's, like, I'll just eat Cheez-Its for eight days. Like, and then that's not good. So, I just remember they had a ton of crappy food, and I was, like, I'm going to save so much money just eating the food in the office. And then it was, like, I can't can't eat, like, Nutella sticks every day. I'll die. (laughs) Um, But the office always has, like, fruit. I just think it's very mindful, and, like, I'm, like, this is just such a female office, because it's, like, oh, we care about your body. Yeah. We care about how you'll feel here. Right. Which I love. (laughs) That is nice. Yeah. Well, that just does that. Their diet podcast, which I can't remember what it's called. Diet Starts starts Tomorrow. tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say I don't listen to the podcast, but I follow the Instagram feed or whatever, Mm -hmm. and they're so great. Like, they really bring up some important issues, and... Um, they got me off on this like intuitive eating kick that is still going on like six months down the road. And I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever been influenced by anything I've seen <laughs> on Instagram as much as their one, uh, post about that. But, um, yeah, yeah it's great. They, they're a great company. That's awesome. And they also, they do so much too. Like, I think what is, was interesting for me when I was looking at the site today, it's like, not only is it the news and the Instagram feed and the podcast, and then they have all this merchandise and they have, you know, there's a whole, it really is like a media little mini media empire that they've created. And it's great because they bring in, it's not just one person or, I mean, they really bring in a lot of different, I think opinions and voices, which is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're really great at, at doing that. So, uh, Maddie, do you have any other questions about Betches? I have no. a, I have a big existential question Ooh. for mm. Jesse. Yeah. So, you've clearly done a lot of great stuff. Your work. I was also on your website, and I was like laughing very hard at many of your videos. Thank so, you. very amazing work. What is your bit like? Where do you see yourself in ten years? Where would you like your career to, to go? Yeah. In ten years, I would like to have already created two shows that uh are on the air i mean i'd like to create (laughs) on the air on on streaming on a platform yeah wherever it'll be uh i'd like to one day create a production company uh that is creating content for women by women um and just lifting up as many voices as i can um but also getting to work with my friends and I think making just fun content. I mean, my content, I normally like to kind of toe a line. Not obviously in an Instagram video. There's 60 seconds, so there's no time. <laughs> but my other videos, it's like I normally like to have as much heart as there is sort of laughter. I always say <laughs> my goal in a show is like I would like to make an audience laugh very hard that they almost cry and then I'd like to also make them cry because they feel something. I love it. Yeah. I love that. I love emotion. The best really comedies do. do that. But yeah, that's yeah. what I'm if saying. It's just all fluff. You can't fl- I can't do too much fluff. Yeah. You know. Sometimes the Instagram videos fluff, but right. if you're watching a TV show, I feel like the best comedies have a little heart, you know. You got to have heart. The best sitcoms. Yeah. Well, I feel like I've watched a couple which I'm sure, Jesse, you've seen both of these, but um, Fleabag, which is, of course, getting a lot of attention. Amazing. And it's so amazing. Oh, you gotta watch. Um, 
It's so good. Is it it's on Amazon? Like, Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Um, and Catastrophe, which is also on Amazon. Oh my god, I watched Catastrophe with my oh. family yeah. in so April. Is it scary or sad? No, it's a. No, it's a well, it's. It's a comedy. Oh. It's yeah. It's Rob Delaney, and it's like he in like the first episode he like impregnates this woman in a one night stand, and it's about like their relationship navigating like as she's getting more and more pregnant, and then eventually she has the baby and stuff, and it's just like about and they're cross continental, so like he's on a business trip when he knocks her up, so it's like just Got kind it. of a and they're older too. This is it's yeah. not. It's very different from like knocked up for okay. example. Like, like she know, thought she was like all 40, dried up. Like it's, yeah, it's, mm. and, but it's also this, it's hysterical, like, laugh out loud funny, but yeah. is so poignant, especially, have you watched, like, past the first season? Yes, I've seen all of it. Oh, yeah, you've seen all of mm-hmm. it. I just watched the end of the, oh, it's so good. But anyway, both of those are these amazing sitcoms that also have this, mm. you know, really almost dark or yeah. point element through them that I think is so great. So great. I love so that. So I will sign up and watch all your shows. Ugh, thank you. We <laughs> <laughs> love it. Well, I think this is a good place to go into our rapid fire archery range. Yeah. Let's move. So we're going to ask you a series of rapid fire questions. Okay. Answer with whatever comes to the top of your head. Um, if we ask for a favorite, it can be a favorite. It does not have to be the definitive favorite. Think, so. I'm sure people have had like actual meltdowns yeah. being like, I can't think yeah, of it. That's what <laughs> every time you give this. We're like, just say something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so funny. Um, right, Matt, kick it off. Sure. Okay. Favorite book. Book. Okay. Favorite <laughs> book. What did I just watch? I meant read attachment styles. It was for dating and it really helped me. But I, of course, like love languages, but attachment styles. Yeah, it's like very. I I mean, it was truly helped me so much because I learned about like why I'm attracted to sort of certain people and like how the negative patterns I consider a rush Mm. as opposed to like no, that's bad, Jesse. Bad. Yeah. Cool. So I forget what it's called. Uh, I think attached. Something is attached. Or something like that. Love it. I, it's people have been talking about this book. I've, yes. I've heard of, don't know what it's actually called. Yeah. Um, favorite movie. Defending your life. Ooh. With Albert <laughs> Brooks and Meryl Streep. Mm. Great movie. I think about it every day. Love it. Oh, I have to watch it. it. Yeah. Favorite TV show. Favorite TV show. Um, I think I'm gonna go. Gosh, I just got into Grey's Anatomy, and some uh, would say I'm actually steamy. a fanatic now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should have waited to watch Euphoria because now it's ruined. Especially it is ruined. Yeah, those first few seasons are just uh, really a plus. Yeah, yeah. But then New Girl's kind of... great too. I love New Girl. Yeah. No, Shit's Creek. Mm. I'm, I'm dead. dead. I'm dead. Love Shit's Creek's love. great. Love. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite childhood snack. Wow, childhood snack. That's hard to say childhood snack i'm gonna go with like what i first thought of which was like i think a hostess cupcake (laughs) which just shows how unhealthy i was as a kid but you know they have cream in it and like yeah like a ho-ho kind of yeah like same family like the little debbie good for you (laughs) yeah amazing a favorite place you've traveled but never lived ah cinque terra in italy beautiful very beautiful yes you can hike between the villages and the pesto is Real good. Favorite place in New York? Oh, favorite place in New York. Don't overthink it, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, 
gosh, this is going to sound dumb, but right now it's my apartment. I live oh, on nice. my own for the first time and like in I front di- of the AC unit. Yeah. In front of the AC unit with a fan is is a nice luxury. An AC or living, living I, alone. Re- yeah. yeah, like and it's just decor like I've never spent time decorating. Uh, and Claire is like an interior designer so essentially That's I was amazing. like please help me and now it's like ex- I just love it I'm so happy when I'm home That's great. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Uh, well, I think that's a good place to end. Is yeah. there any place that people can find you online or anything that you want to plug? To any plug. events? Yeah, I mean, definitely find me on Instagram at Jesse Jollis, J E S S I E J O L L E S, and um, listen to No Such Thing as Love podcast if you want to hear just what's. I'm going on a date on Saturday. Oh, in the booth. If anyone's wondering, oh, in the now that I booth? see that, I'm like, this will go horribly. So when you say on a date, like you're going to be mic'd up and you're going to be like just doing normal date conversation. Well, we play games and we oh, have okay, like, cool. we make it a little, I mean, yeah. just because it would be so boring if it was just like actually what I talk about on first dates, which I don't even remember because I black out. Right. But. We'll do some questions <laughs> yeah, and just, stuff like that. Yeah, just like fun stuff. Fun. But I will die in the booth now that I see how much I've sweat here. I'm like, okay, I should rethink. Is it air conditioned the booth? No. How could you? With the sound is the problem. Yeah. So no, I mean, I'll unless die. you're like Joe Rogan level. I'll, die. I'll money. have to put ice. In, I'll bring a bucket of ice and just have yeah. it under my. Feet. I mean, fun fact: before we get a cooling towel, before yeah. we close, that's good. People find you on Instagram. The company that I work for is based in Berlin, and a bunch of people. Spoiler alert: they don't really do AC in Europe. Yeah. Like, really at all. And so a bunch of people went there from my department, and there was no AC in the office, and Europe was having a massive heat wave a couple weeks ago, and people were legit getting kiddie pools and filling them up with ice and putting their feet in them in the office. Oh, my God. Literally (laughs) would do. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That's why I had to take my shoes off. I was like, like, they say let your feet. (gasps) That's right. The wrists. Yeah. Oh my god! So the these rest. are all good. T- this good will tips. be bad. I'm. Tr- I truly at this yeah. point, I'm like, well, there's nothing you can do. You yeah. can literally just put your arms up and say you tried. Yeah, exactly. You tried. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Well, this has been excellent. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. What a pleasure. Thank Absolutely. you, campers. Yay! Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield. And this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com. And you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Thanks, campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood.